Um, good to be with you this morning, and I, I just appreciate everything that I sense of the Spirit of the Lord in this place and what the Lord's saying. And it is a new day, a new season. What an appropriate song. What a, a Even in the, the prophecy this morning, we heard it. And I want to just touch on it with you for a few moments this morning as well. And, and by the way, I, the interesting thing about a new day, a new season, and I think Jay alluded to it too, God is always, he's always one step ahead of us. In other words, he knows our future. He knows what's in advance for us. He knows what's coming down the, the stream and the pike. He knows everything about what we're going to even be going through tomorrow. You know, we live in a world right now in an age where you can't hardly even predict what tomorrow is going to bring. You used to be able to predict, well, this is going to happen this month or next month, and we'll get this and do that. You can't do that anymore. That, uh, the world is too chaotic. The, the things are too in, in chaos around us. And we're told in the Bible that that's very indicative of the last days. That's exactly what's going to be happening. And so we as believers shouldn't take fear in that. We shouldn't uh, uh, you know, get all stoved up. We should understand the times and the seasons in which we're living. And if we do, we will understand that if we, let's say it this way, if we live that way, if we think that way, we will not live with fear. And I believe God wants to deal with fear in us. You know, sometimes even as individuals, but even as a church, I'm telling you, there's nothing to fear about where we're going as a church. There's nothing to fear about where God's taking the church of Jesus Christ. I'm, I Listen, he's got everything in his hand. He understands about ISIS. Come on. God didn't wake up the other morning and go, oh, my God, ISIS. What are we going to do? God, God did not do that. God knows what's going on. And if he knows what's going on in the world, I guarantee you he knows what's going on in your life. He's one step ahead of where you're living right now. Trust me on this. He's one step ahead. He knows what you have need of. In fact, let me give you a test if I could. What, it's one of those trick question things so I'm telling you ahead of time. But what comes first in your mind? The miracle or the obstacle? What comes first? The provision or the need? What comes first? The solution or the problem? You see, I know what we think oftentimes is that, well, the miracle follows the obstacle, and we hope and believe for a miracle, or the, or the provision follows the need, and I've got a need, and I'm praying for provision, or I, I, I've got a problem, and I'm praying for a solution. But I want to tell you, in God's economy, as believers, and particularly as Holy Spirit-filled people, we need to turn that thing around in our minds. We've got to see exactly how God operates. And I think we miss it sometimes. And uh, through this short message this morning, I just want to establish a biblical truth with you that divine provision, listen, divine provision always precedes human need. Always does. I, I want to tell you that miracles always precede obstacles. And I also want to let you know that solutions come before problems even arise in your life. Now I told you earlier, I don't know, you don't know what tomorrow's going to bring, but I'm telling you, God has always already provided everything you and I have need of even before we knew we had a problem. He's already provided a miracle even before we knew we were in need of a miracle. 
He's already provided provision even before we knew that tomorrow the bank book's going to go down. Come on, amen. He knows these things already. He knows how to handle these things. (laughs) Take your Bibles. I'm going to hit a bunch of verses this morning, so keep your Bibles pretty handy. But I want you to see this, and I need to lay this out in a, a biblical truth way for you this morning. And just get you to understand something. By the way, can I tell you this? Not only for you, and I want to just maybe give a word to the church here this morning. But he knows what this church needs even before the need arises. You know what Brother Iverson told me a long time ago when I was complaining as a young pastor in Lincoln, Nebraska. uh, You know, well, I don't have anybody to do this or anybody to do that. He says, everything you have need of right now. Right this moment, God's already provided in your congregation. I go, oh, no, no, no. You, you don't understand. We're real small. We're real weak. We, well, God, um, and he says, I'm telling you, Jared, everything you have need of is already in your congregation. You just got to tap in. You got to look for it. You've got to expose it. You've got to bring it forward. You've got to train it. You've got to disciple it. You've got to do whatever you got. You've got to call it forth. It's already there. Can I tell you the same not only happens in your life, but the same exists in this church. Here in Jonah chapter 1 verse 15, you know the story, the Old Testament story of the prophet Jonah. You understand that he had uh, sort of rebelled against God and was on a boat and the sea started raging. He was supposed to go to Nineveh. And it says here in chapter uh, 1, verse 15, that those on, once the sea began to rage, they took up Jonah, the sailors did, and cast him forth into the sea, and the sea ceased, her, uh, ceased from her raging. And the Lord, listen now, had prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Now, Stop and look up here at me for a second. Let me, let me tell you something. In this simple passage, and I'll show you a, number, oh, a few others, you identify, we identify, and I'm going to give you a quick English lesson. Worst subject I had besides art in school was English, but I'm going to give you a quick English lesson. We've got the simple past, and you've got what is called the perfect past. Now, the simple past is this. They took up Jonah and cast him forth into the sea. The past perfect tense is now the Lord had prepared a great fish. Do you understand what I'm telling you this morning? A past tense is an action done in the past. They took up Jonah and threw him into the sea. A past perfect, or what is called in English a pluriperfect, is a grammatical tense which places one past action in relation or prior to another past action. The Lord had prepared a great fish. That is to say to you and I, before they even threw Jonah into the sea, the Lord had already prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah and save his life. Oh, you didn't get what I was saying. Before they even got on the boat. Before the sea began to rage, before they threw Jonah into the waters, they, God had already provided a great fish to swallow up Jonah. Your miracle precedes the obstacle. It's already taken care of. Do you see? 
Your miracle is already prepared. God in his wisdom, think about this, loves us so much that he foresees, he looks down the road, he watches what's coming, he knows everything, he's omniscient and omnipotent, he knows it all, and before you even know you've got an obstacle facing you, God has already made provision for the miracle to save you. Wow. I'm telling you, that's God. And before the need arises in the material realm, God anticipates and prepares a solution ahead of time. The presence of a need, listen, in a believer's life like you and I today, is a sign that there is a divinely prepared miracle or provision that is needed in your life. Do you know, you don't know what your need is tomorrow, but God's already got a provision for it. You don't know what obstacle you're going to encounter this week, but God has already provided a means of escape or a miracle for you. It's already done. In fact, do you know this? Your need only announces the presence of a miracle. Somebody have a need in this room? You just announce the presence. There's a miracle right there. That's what that's saying to me. Instead of being need-driven, listen, need-conscious, need-oriented, we need to be solution-driven, solution-conscious, and solution-oriented. We should therefore have to, I, I think we've got to re, re-examine how we pray about things. We have a need. We, we almost take it like it's a fire thing, you know, like a fire personnel. Well, oh man, let's, uh, let's call out the troops and let's do what we can do and, and, and all that. And that's our approach in prayer. It's the fire service approach. And, and that is a, not a biblical model to prayer. God is not fire service personnel, you see. We really have to review this. Let me take you to another case. Uh, just to confirm the spiritual truth. Case number one. I'm, I'm just now, just now completing my doctorate. And I have to do case studies. I'm actually doing the writing of that chapter right now. Of, of, I had to do six case studies. So I'm used to case studies. And all a case study is, is you examine a scenario. You identify that scenario. You examine it from top to bottom, left to right, inside, outside. I mean, you go and dive into it deeply to prove your dissertation, to prove your point. Well, I'm going to give you a couple case studies this morning. You ready? Here's another one. Listen, this is the one at the well. Watch this over in um, uh, Genesis chapter 21. Turn to it. it. You remember this story. It's about Hagar, I, the, the, the lady that uh, I, uh, Abraham had a child by, the name of Ishmael. It wasn't really what God wanted, but guess what? <laughs> When, when God does something, he takes care of something. You, you understand what I'm saying? And listen what happens here. It says here, Abraham, in, in chapter 21 of Genesis, starting in verse 14, rose up early in the morning and took bread and a bottle of water and gave it unto Hagar, putting it on her shoulder and the child. And he sent her away, and she departed and wandered in the wilderness of Beersheba. And the water was eventually spent in the bottle, And she cast the child under one of the shrubs 
And she went and sat her uh, sat down over against him a good way off of as it were a bow shot. For she said, let me not see the death of my child. And she sat over against him and lifted up her voice and began to weep. And God heard the voice of the lad and the angel of God called out to Hagar of heaven and said unto her, What ails you, Hagar? Fear not, for God has heard the voice of the lad where he is. Arise, lift up the lad, and hold him in your hand, for I will make of him a great nation. And God opened her eyes, and she saw a well of water, and she went and filled the bottle with water and gave the lad to drink. Do you hear what they're saying there? God opened her eyes. She had a need. There was a need for provision. God opened her eyes and she saw a well of water and she went and filled the bottle with water and gave the lad to drink and they lived. It was done. Need driven. Listen, we don't, too often what we do is we, we begin to act like Hagar. We have a need and we just sort of sit down and go, well, that's it. We're going to die. How many have ever done that before? Don't ever raise your hand because I don't want to know. Well, this is it. It's all over. It's done. I I bet you, because I know my church in Lincoln, I'll bet you this is no different. I'll bet you there have been people all through the history of this church that said, well, it's over. It's done. Let's just sit down and die. Last one out. Turn out the lights. Uh Uh-uh. No, 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 no. God knows, and he's already provided everything we have need of. Come on, amen? It's already done. You can act like Hagar, but it's not going to get you anywhere, all right? Solution solution orientation is the key to the breakthrough. Let me give you case number two. Here's another one you remember in Genesis chapter 22. Go over to it, just a few pages over. The solution of the ram existed long before Abraham was asked to go to Mount Moriah. Listen, what was his confession? It says in verse 5, Abraham said unto his young men, Abide here with me uh, uh, and with the donkey, and and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. And then verse 7 and 8, And Isaac spoke unto his father Abraham and said, My father, he said, and, and the father said, Here am I, my son. And he said, Behold, the fire and the wood, but... Where is the lamb for the burnt offering? And Abraham said, My God, my son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. And so they both went of them up together. And then it says in verse 13, And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by its horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. Can I I tell you something today? If you will walk by faith like Abraham did, every need you have, God is already going to provide for. It's just a matter of you and I walking by obedience. It's just a matter of you and I putting one step in front of the other. And even though sometimes God calls us to mostly unbelievable, incredible things and we don't know how it's all going to work out and how it's all going to fit and all tie together. God has already provided everything that you have need of. Case number three. Oh, this is a good one. Listen, 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 15. 
when the servant of the man of God, this is Elisha, was risen early and gone forth, behold, a host encompassed the city, both with horses and chariots of the enemy. And his servant said to him, Alas, my master, how shall we do? And he answered, Son, fear not, for they that are with us are more than those that are with them. And Elisha, listen what he did. He prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open the eyes that my servant might actually see what's going on. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots going around in the air about Elisha. Can I tell you something? I really believe this. The chariots and the horses were already up there. The miracle was already going on. The young man just couldn't see it. Elisha was okay with the whole thing. Oh, I'm surrounded by enemies? No big deal. There's more for me than for them. I don't have any problem. Elisha's one guy with his servant. I don't have a problem here this morning. Some of us, we feel like we've got three people against us and we feel like it's the whole world. Come on, amen. Well, he, to- he said something bad to me. Let me tell you something, my dear brother and my dear sister. There's more for you than there is against you. Well, you don't understand my boss. I'm telling you, there's more for you than there is against you. Well, you don't understand the family I'm in. There's more for you than there is against you. Come on, I'm giving you a case study right here, right now. You might feel like you're surrounded and outnumbered by the enemy, but you need to have your eyes open so that you can see the miracle and the provision that's already in place over your head. Wow. Come on, amen. Am I talking to anybody in this place this morning? Want another case study? Case number four. Listen to this. You know this story. You don't even need to turn to it. I'll just read it to you. Before Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were ever thrown into the furnace, God had already sent his angels into the fire. Listen, this actually justifies the fact that the fire had not any power over the bodies of these men. I want to show you this. It was clearly indicated that their hair, remember it said in the Bible, their hair was not singed. They didn't even have the smell of smoke on their clothing. Do you remember that? No fire had come upon them. And I'm telling you, in the furnace, before old Nebuchadnezzar ever threw those three boys into the furnace, I do believe Jesus, that's who that was, by the way, that fourth angel, he was already in the furnace before they got there. If he had gotten there after they got into the furnace, they would have been burned. He was already, he had already, he had probably been in the furnace for days. Come on, you understand what I'm saying? He had already gone ahead of them before they ever even got to front, be in front of King Nebuchadnezzar. He knew what he had called them to do. They were called not to bow. They didn't bow. And they knew what the consequence was. But God knew what the consequence was. And God says, I can fix all that. Don't you even worry about that. Just don't bow. Because I'm going to take care of the problem. 
And when they get up into that furnace, they're walking in there. And by the way, do you remember what happened? Nebuchadnezzar gets his eyes open. After he throws them in, he goes, I thought we threw three in that furnace. I do believe I see four walking around. Well, there was one in there before the other three got there. Come on, amen. Now, I'm telling you, you might get yourself near a furnace tomorrow, but there's someone that has already gone ahead and he's in the furnace waiting on you and you're going to be all right when you get there. I like these case studies. Should have done my dissertation on this. Let me give you another one. By the way, let me tell you this. God's provision always precedes human needs. Always does. Listen, here's, a, here's another one. You, you'll love this one. Daniel chapter 6, verse 22. It says this. My God has sent his angel, Daniel's talking, and has shut the lion's mouths, and they did not hurt me. For as much as before him, innocency was found in me, and also before thee, O king, have I done no hurt. Listen to what it says. My God has sent his angel and has shut the lion's mouth so that they have not hurt me. They have not hurt me because my God has sent his angel ahead of me. Listen, king, before you even threatened me, before you even opened your mouth and declared your foolish statement, king, before all of that, before any of that was done, before I was ever thrown into the den, my God had already gone ahead and had shut the mouths of the lions before I even got into there. There was no big deal with me. I, yeah, I can go down there and pray as much as be up in the room and pray. But because my God has already shut the mouths of the lions. Can I tell you something? No matter what you think somebody's talking about you or whatever, God has already shut the mouth of the lions. Come on, amen. amen. He's already shot. He's already dealt with your enemy. He's already dealt with your adversary. In fact, your great and my greatest adversary, the devil himself, God has already dealt with by the death of his son at the cross, who went down into hell and during those three days and wrenched the keys of death, hell, and the grave out of his head and declared victory over him. Listen, his bark is bigger than his bite. But he can't bite you anymore. Come on, amen? He may make a lot of noise, but he can't bite. I imagine the lions growled, but they didn't bite. Their mouths were shut. Yeah, come on, amen? Listen, can I tell you this? There is no need that can ever arise in any, any, say any, any area of your life for which God has not made a total and perfect solution for that need total listen in god no matter where you're at in god the miracle always precedes the obstacle in god the provision always precedes the need in god the solution always comes before the problem one last case study do you remember jesus preaching on that one day and Got 5,000 men out there and a bunch of other people. and Everybody's getting hungry. And the disciples come to him and say, what are we going to do? Here's where the disciples were thinking. We've got a big problem. 
We've got a huge need. Things are not going to go well. Jesus, I mean, if these guys had been handling one of our political candidates, they would have said, we've got to do something. You're never going to get voted in. We've got to do something. There's a big need here. Jesus, people are getting very hungry. You're going to lose your audience if you don't do something about it. And Jesus says, oh, yeah, well, I'm going to paraphrase the story. There's a little boy out here with some loaves and a fish. Just grab that from him. That'll do. Now, now Jesus, you don't understand. That's one lunch. And, and that kid may have already been nibbling on it, knowing how kids are. That's not going to do for the 5,000 of us, Jesus. Jesus says, no, 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 no. I've already taken care of the problem. The, the provision for the need is already in the audience. It's already out there. Go find the kid. Go get him. He's a little boy, just about 11 years old. He's got a lunch bucket. He's got some stuff in there. That'll do for us. Do you understand what I'm trying to tell you? Sometimes we've got this massive need we think is so huge. And Jesus is offering the solution. And we get dumb. And we say we don't like that solution. We don't think that's going to work. Can I tell you something? The God who shut the lion's mouth, the God who provided the ram in the thicket, the God who provided the water, the God who provided the and, and caused the miracle of the chariots and the horses in the air, the, the God who even prepared the fish. Listen, if he tells you that he's got a little lunch bucket over here for you, you need to trust that God knows that's plenty of what you have need of and it's going to be all right. Now, you may weigh it and think it's not, but I'm telling you, if it's from God, it's more than sufficient to meet every single need you might have. I've had people, I've, I'm pastor too long, I've had people who have had a for financial need perhaps, and they've gotten some kind of like a hundred dollar check in the mail that was almost like a miracle, and then you hear them going, well that's just not going to be enough. Let me tell you, if God provided it, it's more than enough. In fact, you need to get the wisdom of God of how to spend it, and you're going to find out that $100 will do more good than a million dollars if you had won the lotto. Because it was given to you by God, and God knows how to multiply something much better than your federal government. Or anybody else. He knows how to take what he's given as a provision and multiply it and make sure every part of your need is met. I love that about God. Oh, man, I could go on for case study after case study after case study. I mean, listen, in fact, over in Hebrews chapter 10, it told us, it, it, remember, it says, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. Come on, amen. He's faithful to the promise. And then it goes on through that chapter in chapter 11 and lists all these people who held fast to their confession without wavering. Uh, Abraham, Elisha, the three Hebrew, the Daniel, every one of them are called people of faith because they held fast without wavering. They understood that the miracle that God had intended for them was already provided before the obstacle ever arose. They understood that the provision was already provided before 
before they even had a need. They understood that the solution was given by God even before they knew they had a problem. I don't care really because I don't know you that well, but it doesn't matter what your obstacle in this place is today. God's already provided the miracle. It doesn't matter what your need is today. I, I got to believe there's needs in the room. I'm telling you, God's already provided. It, it doesn't matter what your problem is today. I've, I've got to tell you, I'm convinced by the word of God and by the case studies that I've done and seen, and even some that I've lived, that God already has the solution to your problem. Come on. You got a healing problem? You got a health problem? He already sent his son Jesus Christ to the cross that by the stripes that were put on his back 2,000 years ago, you are healed. You've got an unrest problem? I'm telling you, he's already provided his peace in the middle of your chaos. You got a financial problem here this morning? Oh, I'm telling you, he's been known since the foundations of the earth as Jehovah Jireh. He's been providing for countless other people. He'll do it for you. Hey, you got a fear, fear of death problem? Do you know what the Bible says? I go to prepare a place for you. What are you talking about? What are you afraid of death for? I go to prepare a I'm already ahead of you. I'm one step ahead of you. I'm gonna, I'm already there. You're gonna come and be with me, I, but I'm already there. I got there before you did. And I got everything ready for you. What you afraid of? It's gonna be all right. Come on, amen. Hey, whoa, here's a biggie. You got a sin problem? Bible says, even, listen, before the foundations of the earth were laid, God had looked down into history and said, I am going to provide a spotless lamb whose blood will be shed. And when it is shed, it will eradicate, it will take away even the sin problem. You have a need. You don't even know. You, before you were born, you had a need and you didn't even know it. And God had already provided for you. Because you were born in sin. You came out in sin. And you've been sinning ever since. But I'm telling you what. He's already even taken care of that problem for you. He's gotten over that obstacle with a miracle. His blood. He's already handled that problem with his solution at the cross. He's already provided for that need with his great provision, everything you and I have need of. I think if he can handle my death problem and my sin problem and my health problem, and I think he can, if he can handle the lion problem and the food problem and the water problem and the uh, enemy problem, I think He's well able to handle 
your problem. Come on. I think if he can do those miracles, he can well have already in place a miracle for you. I think if he can bring solution to those problems, he already knows about your problem, and he's already provided a solution for you. It's already done. It's already done. Aren't you glad for that? Amen. Listen, not only that, but anything that Life Church needs, he's already done that. Come on. He's already got it figured out. We don't have to be, I hope this works or I hope. He knows. All we got to do is seek him and trust him. Whew, here we go. Come on, amen. So I don't know where you're at this morning, but we're going to walk out of here in a few moments. We're going to walk into our week. I'm going to walk into mine. You're going to walk into yours. I know what a bad week is like. I know what a bad day is like. So do you. But I'll tell you what, with this word in me, I look at it a little bit differently. Well, here we go. Here we go. All right. I think I can handle this. Come on, how many know they can handle it? All right.